2: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Podcast. This week, we're talking to Casey Peggy, and you know what? She is a multifaceted woman who, in the insurance space, has had a great career in multiple different areas, and you're going to love our conversation today because she knocks it out of the ballpark, both with insurance as well as technology, and she has a great career really building up people inside the insurance space. So, Casey, welcome to the podcast.
1: Well, thank you. You make me sound great. (laughs) I'm an intro like that everywhere I go.
2: (laughs) That's hilarious. Well, you do. We've already had a few minutes to kind of chat before the actual podcast recording, before we actually hit the record button. And I love your career because I see so many symbiotic pieces with mine, with um, being able to get into like a a family-based insurance, but yet at the same point, kind of being a part of making it different and unique. And we're going to get into all this. And then you taking off into such a technological space and so forth. So tell us a little bit, because that's just a tiny, tiny, tiny two-second snippet of your career, but tell us a little bit about you, how you got into the insurance industry and where you are today.
1: Sure. Um, so in 2008, I was in outside sales for a large um, appliance manufacturer, and my cousin had just bought the agency from his mom and recruited me to come help him try to scale the business. We were kind of stuck in that community-based, whatever walks in the door, we r- Right, um, no rules, just no real identity, you know, just the agency on the main street that everybody goes to for their random stuff, like a notary bond or, you know, a dwelling fire policy that they can't yep. get written somewhere else. And so while those are revenue generating things, we want it to be a little more, um, scalable and have more identity. And so I was part of kind of that formation and in that transformation as a hundred year old agency, we crossed a hundred years in 2020, um, you know there was a lot of things to undo before you could redo and right. so that was why i was brought in and to help staff up and and coach people which as it turns out is really my favorite part of agency operations is people they're the most frustrating part but also the best most rewarding part but and Absolutely. i've learned
2: lots of lessons throughout well, my congratulations years. congratulations on being a part of a 100-year agency. I know that, you know, that has a <laughs> lot of dynamics, and that's a really big ship to readjust. Yeah. I mean, that that's the Titanic, almost. Not, not in the sinking portion of it, but at the same point, if it's not, it, it, as with anything, right, if things don't grow, if things don't evolve, if things don't keep up with current uh, infrastructure of community and society, it will go down like the Titanic. Right. And so I'm sure you guys saw that millennials and in the new generation was really changing. Advertising was changing. Things were changing. Tell us a little bit about that transition that y'all made from what you were talking about, about the main street type agency to really being what y'all, your vision was for kind of the agency of the future. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Very good. I, um, I remember, feeling jealous of the State Farm agent, honestly, because Mm. I felt like they were so good at the generational sale, you know, Mm -hmm. that every time you talk to a State Farm client, it's because, well, my dad had it or my grandfather had it. It was like, they were so good at marketing themselves as being ready for, I guess, the, you know, the youthful driver, honestly, is how that happens. It's like they split from their parents and then they stay with State Farm. I didn't feel like the independent channel was capturing that trans. That transfer, you yep. know, when the the kid was becoming a young adult, we were losing them then, and then how do you get them back? And so um, we actually went to market a little bit different than than most independent agents. We went through the small business community, so we would write the BOP, and then we we called it Experience Three Hundred and Sixty Protection, and we would write the home and auto or whatever the assets they had out of the business relationship. But what challenge you have there is that your staff has to be ready to switch gears all day long, right? Mm-hmm. To switch from a BOP business owner and know that product really well and then be able to transfer into home auto umbrella boat, blah, 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 blah. So yep. that was probably the biggest challenge was training, um, getting people up to speed. And we did a lot of green hiring, I would say, just out of passion to get people into the industry. We did a lot of recruitment outside of the industry. So then you've got someone that knows not even how to spell insurance that you're bringing up (laughs) commercial and, and home and auto and personal all at the same time. So it definitely had its challenges. Um, so I don't know if that answered your question, but
2: no, it did. It did. And you guys really wanted to make sure you niche down and be able to really empower your team to be able to make those right choices. And I know part of that too, is like you had mentioned previously, is that you said that um, and I can't remember if it was in our pre-talk or not, but that you guys were kind of like you'd write that dwelling fire maybe that other people couldn't take or although so y'all kind of steered away from more of that non-standard business, more of that just kind of what everybody else couldn't write. You guys went more along the lines of the the preferred business. is that correct? Yes,
1: I would yes, a hundred percent, that's a great way to put it. When I started there, we we had to clean up the book. We had a lot of monoline dwelling fires. And from the State Farm agent down the street that couldn't ride them, you know, there was a period of time where they just didn't have the product or, you know, they were non renewing everything. And so we became the agent that they sent that to. Well, we didn't ever get we weren't ever successful at getting their home or their auto or them becoming a really desirable client. You know, we're just getting what's left over. And we didn't want to be the agent that gets what gets what's left over. You know, we're better than that. And so we really shifted our focus and. And it was challenging. Like, we did not write monoline anything, you know? So it was home auto umbrella, probably for 75% of our book. But that finding those gems is a little harder, I would say. And it's a lot harder. We we tried the mortgage broker lead model, made relationships there, but they always ended up monoline home. Not Mm -hmm. always, but it it was so much commonly. Right. Commonly. That's their, they have to get that loan closed. Right. So that's their main interest. And then we always have, Great expectation that we'll round it out, but then we move on to something else, right? So um, so we just had to figure out what worked and what worked was going through the business community. Usually small business owners, they don't want to deal with insurance, so they'd rather just have one supplier for everything. So we just became experts in that, you know, talking them through what risks they really have. And if they weren't willing to sit down and talk about it, they really weren't a client. You know, so uh, how did, and, you,
2: how did your team make that shift? Because I know maybe as an agency owner or, cause I don't know what your cousin's role, it was in the agency before he kind of took it over. But I mean, there's a yeah. lot of pain in there for that model line, for that chasing after something that you maybe make, you know, $150 commission for the year for, right. right? Or whatever, yeah. $200. But the reality is, is that getting our team to get out of that scarcity mentality of, oh my gosh, oh. I have to sell this one policy. I can write everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If I don't do it, oh my gosh, you know, da, da, da. getting people out of that mentality is yeah. like another shift. I mean, yeah. not only is it your operations, your systems, your carriers, your, blah, 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 it's also your team, the mentality. Tell me a little bit about that journey. Cause that can be really, yeah. cause, cause whenever we make big shifts in the agency that way, and we're going to get into kind of what you're doing now as well with this, yeah. but to me, big shifts in the agency for operations and mindset. Are super difficult to get everybody to jump on board with. Even if they know it mentally, they have a hard time deciding to say no, to be able to say, I'm sorry, we only do package business, whatever the, that, that verbiage we're, we're women or we're service right.
1: minded people that don't like to say yeah.
2: no. True. So, the, my answer is
1: multiple things, right? There was a lot of um habits that didn't work anymore at box. And so eventually those people have to turn out, you know, unfortunately it's like get on the train or be left behind. And so there were painful moments like that where the people of yesteryear that couldn't stop saying, but that's not how we've always done it had to get off. So there's that, that painful process and then hiring the right people. I mean mm-hmm. that—that's everything, and so we've—we've we've made a lot of messes, <laughs> but we're—we're we're actually in a really good spot. And I'll put a quick plug in for a service or a, a, a survey called Culture Index, uh-huh. and it's basically—have you heard of it? And it's yeah, like we use a, it in our
2: office. Yeah, it's wonderful. I love oh it. Oh my gosh,
1: it, it changed everything for our current team, put putting people in the right seat, and then also recruitment, but. Um, so getting the right people that are open to doing it differently, I think. Right. And then a lot of training, you know, this is role-playing. This is getting in the conference room and walking through the script. And this is like, well, let's tweak this, let's tweak that. And then just monitoring it and holding them accountable to it, you know, but experience 360 protection was all about asking the hard questions. You know, mm. if you get in an accident with a lawyer, that sues you for, you know, $2.3 million because you had a glass of wine before you left the wine bar or the friend's house, whatever it may be. How do you want to handle that? You know, here's what we suggest, you know, doing a asking the hard questions. And it's not necessarily something that most uh, people pleasers like to do. And service people are typically people pleasers, you know, so right. It was a challenge and we had to do several things to make that ship start sailing the right way. And then as soon as we got it right, we sold it because we wanted to see this new, this new opportunity we're doing in technology. So anyhow. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. So y'all got that up and running. So then from there you saw another opportunity in the insurance industry. Tell us a little bit about that because I'm super excited to be able to, to, to get your whole arching of your story here, because I love how you've used that process and that ingenuity that y'all created on that side of the business into a new space that y'all have branched into.
1: Yeah. And I would say it's been like a not straight line journey at all you know <laughs> right. we've, we've taken a lot of paths so in 2016 we started building a prototype for what is now salt and it was called chai at the time which in hebrew is life and so we tried to buy chai.com at the time and it was five million dollars we're like well that's not going to work so right. we went through a whole naming process but anyhow and amidst that i was running the whole agency at large so large commercial i mean we have a million middle market focused on construction book with producers and, you know, Mm -hmm. almost a totally different dynamic business. We also had the small business home and auto, and then we were starting a financial advisory practice and all these things. And so, like I said, it wasn't a straight line from here to there. It took us, I think two and a half years, even to get the prototype and something functional to use. And we used it in our own agency. It kind of became uh, our, uh, we used it to intake information, um, quickly, I guess, for the audience, it's a data intake online so that the uh, millennial buyer that's not going to call or walk into an agency, but rather wants to do it on their own time and on their sofa while watching Netflix or having a beer with a friend, they can do it. They can do it on their phone. It's a great mobile experience. So you get a full submission as an agent, home, auto, and then it's driven to the raiders. And so we're looking for efficiencies. We're looking for a way to reach the next generation of buyer that we were currently not Getting, we were, we were kind of boomers, some Gen X, and losing greatly on the millennial buyer. So yeah. that is where salt came from. And in 2018, I became full time on that, just um, building it out and trying to build what we would call a digital agency. Well, you need about 25 million dollars of uh, marketing dollars to get that name out and to become, you know, to try to shift the behavior of a of our typical buyer. So we pivoted to what's well, a SaaS model service, uh, software as a service, hired a, a programmer at, who is now our CEO to, he's a product guy, he's not a programmer, but to build the product for multi-tenant solution versus a single tenant, which is how we were using it. So like I said, we were off and there were branches and distractions all throughout the process. We finally launched that product in May of 21 when we got our EasyLinks integration. Um, agents told us loud and clear we like your product, but it needs to. All that data needs to be fed into my radar so that I save time too. So nice,
0: not nice. done, and we've
1: been in markets um, not even quite a year yet. I just awesome. got off a two-day run of conferences, and I am tired. I bet you are.
2: I bet it's you are. all the insurance conferences are starting kicking back in again, and that's it's right. just been I love crazy. It. Mm-hmm.
1: But it is burning the candle at both ends. You know, yep. so you want to have the nice dinners and the and the fun and the relationship building as well as, you know, be there at your booth. So yep. anyhow. Yep. And you're on the
2: whole time. Like you're on the whole time. Like, shh. Yeah. you know, yeah. you felt like you can, you know, let your hair down a little bit. You know, you're on the entire time when you're at conferences. Um, I find conferences, even just as an attendee, very exhausting just because yeah. you're just on, right? People are grabbing yeah. you. People want to that talk to you. You got to have that energy. You got to bring it right. Yeah. And and then people don't go, like yeah. you say go out for dinner hang around the bar, have a drink or two, you know, and then you got to get up at 7 a.m. or whatever the difference is in your you time zone session. for wherever it is that you are, right? <laughs> it gets really yeah. crazy. So all of that,
1: um, I say a 10-day run. It started with the cheerleading competition for my daughter in Dallas. Okay. Then it turned to uh, Insurance Network Alliance Conference in Fort Worth. And then it turned into our state association, Joe Vincent, from Friday to Tuesday. So okay. anyhow, coming down off of that.
2: Yes. 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 It's all fun. It's just a lot. You're right. Yes. So with SALT, you guys are really taking the online experience where people have online web forms that they can put on their website. Is that correct? And then from yes. there, then they can go ahead and get all the needed data. Then it'll automatically fill into the rating system to be able to let people not have to sit there on the phone and ask wow. questions or even forget to ask questions, right? Or yes. even... Um, you know, uh, you know, because sometimes we we you know in the agency we have these forms, right, for people to fill out, right? And the time that it takes to physically write everything out or type it into your system on a web form or whatever. So how how was how has the insurance industry accepted that? Because that's another chip to be able to to reorganize. Yeah, all right. <laughs> To be able I to move myself into these uh sh- reshaping a, behavior. Ship, ship ship re, repositioner. I don't know how we're gonna have move with another. Uh, you are you are a quintessential oh, ship repositioner in the insurance industry. I totally
1: agree. It um how did I get here? So uh <laughs> yeah, so it is online, it is an online form and like you said, it is embeddable into agent websites its most useful form is just sharing the link out custom links with your referral partners and and people that just ask you for a quote just on the fly they can get a way to connect with you um but yeah the independent agent channel we're we're still figuring it out it's not all the same we're all very different we're independent for a reason right and um we're trying. Trying to figure out those segments. When we started, I will tell you, so my four personas, I guess, for the independent channel were um, kind of scratch agent, you know, start from scratch, come from a captive, um, learning everything on their own, maybe one or two people or a virtual assistant, but, you know, really out there just doing it. And I thought those were a perfect client because I was going to help scale them. Now they don't have to be involved in every data collection transaction. They can get applications at night while they're sleeping and all they have to do is quote and present the the best part of it. Um, But they're not, they're they're almost, they're gonna take the business however it comes. They're still Mm -hmm. in that, you know, of not building process or trying to say, hey, can you fill this out for me? They're gonna take it, you know? And so I think there'll be a second tier client, you know, that eventually is like, I need that, you know, I need that. I'm ready for it. But really our, our best client right now is a community agent type that has got five to 10 people. That's just looking for a better way to reach the next generation of buyer, to create efficiencies in their shop and to, um, you know, scale. So, and then the third segment was regional. And then the fourth was like those national brokers, which are not our place, but Um, anyway, even within those personas, we're figuring out how to reach them and speak to them. So we're doing some work with the networks and the alliances, and we're still trying to figure it out. I'll tell you, it is, it's been met with a lot of excitement, but the adoption rate, you know, they're still skeptical. You know, it takes Mm -hmm. a few demos, few of my, how's it going, you know, and free trials and, you know. To get to get them on board, but we've got some super users. I mean, they're getting, we have one agent that I get, I think they're up to 500 submissions in the last month from the, yeah, it's, it's awesome once you get it built in. But like you said, it takes a little bit of shift of there could be a different way to do this.
0: Are you ready to transform the way your business communicates? Look no further than Lightspeed Voice, the ultimate solution for insurance agencies seeking a seamless communication. I've used them for over eight years. I'm telling you, what I'm reading is the truth. Picture this, crystal clear calls, advanced features, unparalleled, flexible, tailored, just for you. That's Lightspeed Voice. Tired of drop calls and outdated systems? Lightspeed Voice has your back. Say goodbye to communication hiccups and hello to a new era of efficiency. I love that. Boost productivity with features like call recording, voice to email, and effortless call transfers. Work from the office, from home, or on the go. Lightspeed Voice keeps you connected wherever your business takes you. Don't worry about the transition. Our dedicated support and onboarding teams will guide you every step of the way. Make the switch to Lightspeed and join the ranks of satisfied insurance agency owners like me experiencing the power of seamless communication. Ready to elevate your agency? Visit lightspeedvoice.com or call 877.97voice to schedule your free demo. Lightspeed Voice. We're more than just talk. Cass approved.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, what what do you tell agents, right? That that maybe because I think a lot of insurance agents, we we all say that insurance is all about relationships, right? We're not the Geico, we're not the, we're we're not the buy online, right? That people come to us because they want a relationship with their agent. So, a lot of I think pushback maybe that you would probably be receiving, which I can hear like all the insurance agents I know, right? Saying, you know, well, you're people, build relationship, yeah. right? We build yeah. relationship. So uh, how do you tell people within that space um, how you how to be able to maintain the relationship with the client without losing sure. it on that front end conversation piece of filling out that form or taking in that data form? Um, how do you how do you encourage them to be able to feel like they're not going to lose that relationship with the client when they can when when they're maybe skipping over that front end discovery call, which in virtual it's called the discovery call, right? I mean, in, in general, right. but our pre-qualification right. call, whatever somebody wants to call it, but in personal lines, um, it takes so much time and people want to chit chat and it takes forever. I mean, and then you got to plug it in, like you said, to your rating systems and it could easily be an hour to two hour and a half. And it's just for the, for the permissions and so forth. That's very difficult, but how do you get an insurance agent out of that mindset that no, this is where we build the relationship.
1: We've always done it. Yeah. I don't know. You tell me, I'm uh, Yeah, it <laughs> is. That is obviously a challenge for us. And I would say that, Salt's different because we know that the relationship matters. We're agents. Right. We get it. Like, you know, that's why I think the connectivity matters so much because it's me, Casey, the agent giving you the link. It's not you doing some random search for home and auto insurance because we can't afford those clicks. Agents right. cannot. Those clicks are ridiculous. We tried. So you're still, it's still you they're doing business with. You're just giving them an easy way to get to you. And then you're taking back over. You know, we know that live conversation or video presentation, which I love those things. I never did it. I couldn't, I never got into a rhythm of it, but I know a lot of agents use them and they work because you're still doing business with a person. You're still connecting. Yeah. So doesn't lose that. It's just starting the process, skipping the data entry part of it. And then you take back over and you do you, you know, there's, um, there's coverage questions and agent recommendations in the form that are speaking to the insured as if you're there, you know, so Mm. there's still, you know, it's still you, it's just in a digital form, and then you take back over to close it. So I think that's really the most critical part is setting the expectation once you close the deal, how you're going to work with them. That's where you need to really step in and, and become the expert. Well,
2: I think think what people need to understand is that we can have a personality online. We absolutely can, either through um, how, how we maybe create a video at the very beginning of it. Hey, this is Teresa with the Sterling Insurance Group. You know, I just want to welcome you to our online forum. We're excited that you're here. We want to make your insurance fast, easy, and fun by being able to offer great opportunities to where we bridge the concept that we know that you want a personal relationship with your agent, which you're going to have with us, but also the convenience of technology because life is moving at a fast pace. And I think that if we could verbally somehow still have that personal touch oh, in you. that process, a lot of it's your, how you use the data. It's not the, yeah. it's not that you get the data, it's how you use it. I think that's where people forget. There's a lot of companies out there who are a lot of individuals out there who are very, very you attached with to data. It. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's all data. But the thing is, is that so many companies create an online persona, either through a a gecko or a whatever, right? They create something for you to bond with. We as independent agents need to realize that we can create that same type of an environment where people can bond with us. And it doesn't have to be necessarily you know, some people pick their dog, right? Like they, their dog is their mascot for their agency. Tons of people do that, right? Where they put in, you know, an American flag and they're very pro-veteran and, and they make that that image, right? They're, they're what people bond with. And the point is, if we can bring that into our electronic interface, yes. yeah, then people can bond <laughs> with us at the same level without having to have a human being take, a, take an hour per, you know, application because Four they still get to know who we days. are and bond. Yeah, that's good. No, I. Do you want to go on the road with me? <laughs> <laughs> you're
1: side hustle, Teresa. You are. No, so funny. yeah, it is. And you're right. We're having to help, help people adjust think how they think, and yeah. so and it's not just the agency principal. It's not just the one pulling out their credit card to subscribe. It's their staff because yeah. then they're coming back from the conference having met us and like, hey, use this now. I'm like, no, that is not how it goes, and so. It's not just one decision-maker we're having to educate or not educate, but like you said, just open up a new way of doing it. It's the whole staff and, and everyone thinking. Yeah,
2: it is. It is. So tell me a little bit about the future of SALT. Okay. We talk about SALT is that online web form opportunity for people to be able to easily put in an inquiry into your agency for personal lines quoting. Okay. Tell me about the future. Where are y'all going? What are y'all doing? What conferences are y'all going to be at? Where can people connect with, with SALT? And how can they find you guys online to be able to get a little bit more of that deep dive information where they can figure out if that might work for them? Sure, um, you know, in the immediate future, we
1: are basically trying to be involved in every conference we can get our hands on, and yeah. so some of the networks and alliances that we met at INA, we're getting um, a chance at that, and state associations. Uh, we just got endorsed by the Independent Insurance Agents of Texas, who is a it's a pretty big influential association considering yeah. our size here, and so we're hoping that that parlays into more relationships, but. Um, that's kind of from a marketing standpoint, that's what we're working on and trying to harness that. I'm hiring two new pe- people next week. And so that, you know, that introduces a whole nother uh, level. It's not just me trying to control everything. Now I've got to replicate. So um, becoming a, a sales leader versus a sales doer. So that and then I think from a product standpoint, um, we just released a ton of features on the 31st. So last Monday. Um, allowing agents a little more customization. They want to thin out the form, remove questions, and just get some basic information. They can create multiple form templates. Um, so we released that. Oh, we added a big data partner with Auto. So now they don't have to type in VIN numbers. It's all there when they type in their habits. Nice. So it's a better user experience as well. But from a long-term perspective, we see some more integrations, you know, to um, Raiders agency management systems, CRMs, There's this infinite opportunity with those. And then um, we think we'll become a renewal play. I think once we figure out how to get information out of the AMSs, we can then become the renewal update automated um, system. And so I I think, yeah, I think that's where we fail a lot of times is uh, being on top of those renewals and trying to avoid the remarket or avoid the angry call when they get the you know their renewal in the mail before we get a hold of them. So you know, helping automate some of that, but still have the agent involved. That would be absolutely. Kind of what I think we're versus commercial. We get that question a lot. Like, are we going to start doing commercial? I think because it is it is a totally different business. You know, commercial insurance. We all know this. Um, I think we're going to stick with personal lines. Develop out renewals. And uh, just become better at what we're doing, you know, Get Yeah. really good at what we're good
2: at, I think is how I see it. So I like that though, because so many people go so many different directions in their industry and they end up being kind of a, you know, they try to service too many people rather than really niching yeah. down. And I think that you guys have seen that, that in your insurance industry that really benefited y'all for longer term yeah. clients and longer term play. So that's what you're kind of taking into this new technology yeah. area of things too, yeah. is really trying to be able to create that that agent relationship for the long-term goal.
1: Yeah, in our commercial practice, we only have four niches we play in, construction, crane and rigging, oil and gas and education in our schools. And so it's like you go really deep into the knowledge of those spaces and you become the expert. And so we've seen it succeed and not wear our staff out because they mm-hmm. get to focus on something. When we try yeah. to be generalist and everything to everyone, we wear people out, Yeah, you know. And yeah. it's hard to build system and process around being a generalist. And so I think, like you said, taking that experience and parlaying it into not getting distracted on a technology build and really staying focused on what we think the industry needs. If it doesn't need it, I guess we'll figure it out. But of having a product market that is very critical, but then really getting good at it and continuing to develop, listen to our agent subscribers, and then actually do what they ask.
2: So, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay, Casey, so if people want to reach out to you, learn a little bit more about your product, learn a little bit more about you specifically, how can they go ahead and reach you?
1: So I'll make that simple. Our website is saltinsure.com and there's a live chat there and that's me. And so that's an easy way to reach me. Uh, earlier this morning, I was dealing with the family thing. And so I missed a live chat. So I may not be there <laughs> immediately, but the, it is me for now. And I'm manning, or womaning that. And um, yeah, I think that would probably be the best way. Most people set up a demo with me. It's like a 15, 20 minute demo. Uh, before that demo, I like to send them an example of the consumer form. So you can see what your prospects would see and kind of go through the form yourself. And then our time is spent really understanding how it helps you um, on the back end, like how it helps your staff, how it helps you reach your referral partners and things like that. So that's kind of the flow, but Saltinsure.com, of course, I'm Casey, C A S
2: E Y at Saltinsure.com. Awesome,
1: I think that's awesome. the
2: best way. Yeah. That, that sounds good by me. Or should they somebody yep. can hook up with you on LinkedIn too? So that's how we actually get Oh, actually yeah,
1: yeah. I was <laughs> never a big LinkedIn. Um I never had a big following or audience or anything there, but I'm seeing the the power of it between um a bunch of y'all doing doing this. And so tell me about. Your podcast is part, is it part of the insurance guys podcast? Y'all kind of form together?
2: We're not actually part of the insurance guys, but we are part of the agency um, intelligence network. So uh, we partnered with Jason Cass and that whole network specifically. And he has, they have um, five or six, uh, maybe eight, eight different uh, podcasts as part of that network kind of servicing all different areas of the insurance industry. And the insurance guys are not specifically on that network. So I'm not with them, but specifically- Can we delete that? <laughs> no, you're good. sorry about you're good. that. So okay. um, but you know, the agency intelligence podcast uh, is a fabulous one with Jason Cass. I know he has he's been around, I think he was one of the first podcasters in the insurance industry. And um, okay. he did it right before people even knew what podcasts were, probably. And he's just yeah. stuck with it and he's brought in other people. And I actually started up. This podcast two years ago in March, um, on my own, and I did it for a year on my own, and then I just really wanted to be able to get a larger uh, audience and a larger market. So um, we went ahead and joined the Agency Intelligence family. So we're very excited that we've done that. So
1: awesome! Um, I'm very. I wish we could reverse the interview and I could ask you questions because I re- that's what I'm gifted at. I like knowing about what's going on in your world. So maybe sometime we can. Grab a glass of wine and do that at one of these conferences at we're at. Yeah, it Absolutely. sounds like you're doing really cool stuff. And as an agent, um, I really applaud you for taking time.
2: Like you're trying to run an agency too, right? Yep. 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 <laughs> Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you know, that's the fun part of this industry though, is that once you get settled in, right. Cause you have to hustle for a while, um, obviously, but once you get settled in, you have a little bit of freedom. and You can do some really fun stuff in the industry. That's yeah. one thing I love about this industry is that, you can, like you, get into maybe a tech space, right? Or get into Uh how can we make this easier? How can we make it more fun? How can we maybe take it and, you know, do something within the industry in a little bit of a different way? And that's one thing that I love about this industry is that the residualness of it can allow people to branch out and do some other fun things, maybe outside the box, right? Maybe a different Uh passion that you have. Because, you know, I love insurance. I love selling insurance. I love being a part of my, my team. And, running my team. But at the same point, I love talking to women and I love encouraging women in the insurance space. And I love speaking at conferences and I love doing all those things. So that's always something that's very passionate for me. And I'm glad that I can do that as well as serve the insurance industry. Right.
1: Make a living. Yeah. Um, So two things on that. Our vision for our company at large, that's got six different businesses in it, it. It starts off to, to sow love and acceptance into men and women in the marketplace. And so You know, that's really what fuels us is we have 40, 50, 60 hours a week to love and people. And we have opportunities in leadership and in podcasts and things like that to do that. So that's fun. But one of my passions is to be a DJ. I'm not sure how I can, but if you can, if you think of a way I'd love to do that.
2: I will. I will. I'm gonna. That's gonna be one of my projects this weekend. I'm gonna sit around. I just and I'm, love You're like, gonna get an email from me. Like, hey Casey, this is what we can do. We're gonna be at the next conference. Yeah, yes. right? You
1: can you can throw and all that together. That's hilarious. I love it. So fun and nothing to do with insurance, but I sure think it would be
2: fun. <laughs> Everybody needs a hobby. Everybody needs something that they're passionate about, right? I mean, you know, um, just this past year, I've really fallen into the i into the knowledge that. I do pour myself so much into the insurance space. My children are grown and um, I have two stepchildren and two biological children. And um, we had a family situation this past year with one of them. And um, just, I learned that I just don't have a whole lot of extra hobbies besides my family. And You know, and that just to relax. So, I mean, either I pour myself into my family or else I pour myself into my business, right? So I need something to just relax. So I went on out and I've another podcast about this, about how I get distracted. And, um, and I bought a, a, a cricket machine. Um, and
0: Those yeah. Are a not circuit,
2: circuit machine, circuit machine. It's a circuit machine. Yeah. That's how much I've used it. Right. So it's still sitting in my spare bedroom and I've not used it yet, but I bought okay. it and I've got some supplies, but I'm passionate about the fact that this is something I want to learn to do. It, it's just, it, I also have so this funny. sense of fear that I'm going to go mess something up. And so, because it's just me by myself, I haven't really taken the chance to really figure it out, but it's something we need those hobbies. We need things yep. that are different that teach us to give our brain a different direction of something to do because then it inspires creativity in our day-to-day jobs too. So
1: we have a cricket. I, when we moved to New Braunfels from Grapevine in 2020, um, we were going to have to rent a place. And I showed my youngest daughter, who's 10, the place online. And it was not pretty, <laughs> but it was <laughs> the right school. It was the schools right? we wanted to go to. And she got these big old crocodile tears in her eyes. And I was like... If I buy you a cricket, will you be happy? And so that satisfied her at the time. So a little bit of bribery sometimes as a parent. Anyway, that thing sat on the shelf all year. And then my daughter made, my other daughter made varsity cheer and we started having to make these posters for the football players. Okay. And buying sticker stickers was getting a little out of budget. And so I'm like, we have this cricket machine. Let's figure it out. So a few cuss words later, we finally <laughs> figured that thing out. there's a few fights but it it's really cool once you learn it but I I recommend you take the time and and figure it out. Cause I love well, that. I'm it's excited a creative outlet. For sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I wanted is I wanted that creative outlet for something yeah. non-insurance based, not even, you know, other people based. I wanted something that I could just pour into in some ways and a quick, easy way to do it. You know, once yeah. I learned yeah. the process to do something creative, I wanted to find something on Pinterest and make it. And I love to cook too. So that's another thing that I love to do. Well, but, that is good. Of yeah. And then I, I tend to good. eat it and that's not always the best thing. So, um yeah. you know, it's like, I can only cook so much, you know, so right. this is my, this is my other thing that didn't end up having to be in my mouth. So that's, that's, that's a good thing. So that's good. I'm glad you do DJ. So you have additional hobbies because it, it's it first uh, the no, brain to create someday. Uh, someday. I love it. it I love it. Well, everybody, it this has been another episode of Power Women in Insurance, the podcast today with Casey Hagee. And I am so pumped because she has been Amazing, Just going from agency piece of transition and writing the ship over there with that piece to being able to work now with insurance agencies across the country with being able to do online platforms that help them to be able to bring in data quicker, easier, and more efficiently and automatically plug it into Raiders and make it so much easier and so much more cost efficient through... Um, Through salt, through salt uh, and the solutions with that. So thank you, Casey, for taking the time with me today. I really appreciate it. It was fun. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, everybody, make sure to leave us a review. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and join us every single Wednesday when we have another amazing guest on our podcast. Everybody have a fabulous day.
0: Bye. to see your agency succeed. Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't you survive in the competitive insurance industry? Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions today. Get started today and learn more at mbsbrokerage.com. That's where you learn more. mbsbrokerage.com. Cash certified.